You're listening to Behind the Wheels with Doug Mason, Dave Walters, and Mike Yeagley. This is a show where we talk about heavy truck and medium-duty excellence. Doug, Dave, and Mike bring close to 100 years of experience and expertise in the transportation business. Join us once a month to learn new things about Axelance, sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Wheels. I'm Mike Yeagley. And I'm Doug Mason. And today we have Nick Cross. Nick Cross from Smithers Testing. Mick, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. And again, we're here uh, live at TMC 2020. Anyone interested in testing, we're going to be talking about tire and wheel testing day with Nick. And Nick, give us a little background about your company and about your experience with testing. So uh, Smithers has been testing many things, but has a long history in tire and wheel testing. They've been in the business for over 80 years, and we test anything from wheels and tires to boxes, crates, to medical supplies. Okay. I didn't realize you did all that extra testing. Exactly. Yeah, we do anything you can think of, cradle to grave. (laughs) Very good. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about, well, let's start within our comfort zone. We'll start talking about wheel testing. Right. So what wheel tests do you guys run? We run uh, many different wheel tests, such as uh, the SAE flavor, J... um, 2530 for passenger car. We do some 175 impact testing, and uh, we'll also do some J267 for commercial truck wheel testing. So for our listeners out there, J267 is the standard heavy truck fatigue test, and there's actually two parts to that, right? That's right. You have the radial testing, and you have the cornering part of the testing. So the radial testing portion uses a 67-inch diameter road wheel, and you mount a tire on the wheel, and you run it at a certain speed at a, at a load rating. So basically just simulating a tire and wheel system going straight down the road. Straight down the road. No turns. That's right. Yep. Okay. And it's usually done at an, this is our accelerated test, right? This is an accelerated test, so we'll give it a load factor of 2.0 to 2.8 times load so that we don't have to run it forever, right? Right, right. Typically, you know, going out 500,000 cycles to a million cycles, depending on the requirement. But yeah, no steer, just a accelerated straight radial load. Okay. And that's, uh, of course, well, it's got a tire and down it goes down the road, basically, for... Right. Uh, now, SAE J267, we'll say the, the 2.8 load factor, which... You know, basically, you take whatever is stamped on the wheel, you multiply it by 2.8, and that gives you the load that you're going to be testing at. That's right. And that's uh, like 100,000 cycles or something. Uh, I'm not. I'm sorry. No, it's, yeah, uh, SAEJ267 says 100,000 cycles is passing. That's called a when you have good what, wheel. That's uh, you test seven wheels, though, right? That's if you test seven. Yeah, it can be, a, it's 190 if you test two. Right, if right. I remember So there's, a, there's a graduated yep. based on the number of wheels you're actually testing statistically, yeah. right? Based on the right. statistical analysis. Yep. I think they use like a Weibull analysis or something, which mm-hmm. is a whole big discussion in itself. But that's, <laughs> yes. that they have a statistical analysis that says, okay, yeah, if you go 100,000 at seven, but, and if you, you have two wheels going at like 190, then... That's the same thing. You, yeah. you have a really good chance that if you go seven, it's, it's, <clears throat> you're not going to have anything that drops out below 100,000. Okay, so that's, that's radial testing. What's, what's rotary testing? Uh, rotary or cornering testing is a simulating a truck driving in a figure eight, right? Okay. You're turning the truck. You're steering the truck. You're really testing the, the center disc part of the wheel. And how, how's that test set up different than uh, radial test? This testing doesn't use any tires. You install it on the machine, and this machine creates a a bending moment, and that bending moment 
is derived from the load rating of the wheel. And this bending moment can be somewhere into the you know, 20,000 foot-pounds range okay. uh, for a truck wheel. You'll pull on the, on the shaft, and that will uh, deflect the wheel disc face. And we spin it in a, you know, in a, uh, on the table, and, or you spin the load around the uh, disc face, and, and this will end up fatiguing the center section of the wheel. Okay. So basically what you're doing, you take the wheel, put it disc side up. That's right. And then you clamp it down on the open end, and then you have basically just a, a bar that comes down about three feet roughly. Yep. Uh, a little bit, I think it's 30 inches if I remember right. Then you have a load down there that's actually pushing on it, trying to simulate like that force on the axle as the wheel is turning, as the vehicle is turning. That's right. You know, another, uh, you know, there's a, a math figure that you do. You actually will end up using the static loaded radius of that to calculate your load. So depending on what size tire you have on the truck is actually going to affect the load. With these taller tires, you're effectively your load is going up. Right. So, so, so basically you use the tire height as a moment arm. Yeah. And, and that's how you calculate how much force you're putting on that thing. Exactly. Interesting. So, like, tell us a little bit about, like, the failure modes that you would see in these two types of tests. What is there a difference between the failure modes? And, and we're really kind of talking commercial vehicle truck here or medium-duty truck. Yeah. A lot of our failures on radial would typically be either hand hole, your hand hole cracking, or your stud hole, eyebrow cracking, edge of nut. And this could be for various reasons. Either it's, you know, your backing plate is not quite, uh, or, your, you know, you have debris behind your, your spindle face. And the other thing that, that's kind of unique to the radial testing is, is you can develop a drop center crack. Oh. And, and this cracking, you know, is in the drop well, right? And it can either start at the valve stem, uh, which is pretty common. Either there was a burr there or something. Or it can just start in the middle of nowhere. And that is very specific to the radial side. We don't develop any drop center cracking on the cornering side. So th the weird thing with the drop center cracking, whether you start at the valve or so, you can actually run for a little while and, uh, and then it will end up leaking air out, right? Because it goes through thickness. Right. So, but on the cornering side, typically we're mainly failing in the mounting area. Uh, we will see some handle cracking because you are rotating and flexing that disc, but generally it's in the mounting flange. And you're really testing the studs too at that point in time. Okay. You get a real beating, which is another reason all of our testing, you know, starts with new studs and nuts too. That's no, pretty that's important. A good point. That's a good yeah. point. We were talking about this on, uh, on one of our last podcasts, just the importance of uh, the stud, the hardware, how that's all set up properly. And obviously you're doing a, a new test. You're going to want to use fresh nuts and studs to oh, ensure yeah. you've got a good joint, good clamp, good, uh, the proper tension in place. So we've talked a little bit about a radial test. We've talked a little bit about a cornering test. Anything else on tap for the wheel guys? For commercial truck, really, those are the main two. There is some impact testing that you can do, or if you get into some biaxial testing also. So the impact test on heavy truck, it's required for Japan. That's about it, right? That's about that's it. it. And I'll take that back because there are other, uh, I think Israel wants it. Oh, that's correct. There, yep. there are different jurisdictions that are going to be asking for that impact test. And then what I'm also seeing is a lot of the European OEMs sell into Europe, and so they'll be looking for it. So that impact test is getting more and more it's proliferating. Japan's a big enough market that's sort of making an impact, no pun intended, <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and really what, you know, obviously we said that the rotary really is looking at a, a steering situation, a cornering situation, the radials running straight down the road. An impact test, people go, well, what do you got to do an impact test for? Well, we're talking about sliding or turning into a curb. You're running into something really on the side of the wheel more than anything. It's, we really haven't developed a, quote, 
pothole test for a commercial vehicle. This is more of a side impact, right? Right. When we talk right. from an impact test standpoint, right? For commercial vehicles, because the tires are so big, mm -hmm. I don't know if a pothole test really makes sense for a commercial vehicle. But for automotive pothole testing or some sort of, I think it's called a radial impact test, yeah. makes a hell of a lot of sense. It does, yeah, especially with the newer low-profile tires. So let's move on into the tire testing. Okay. Let's start with FMVSS. And FMVSS is the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard. That's right. And that's sort of the foundational testing for all of North America. Right. That's correct. And with FMVSS, you have your high-speed endurance. You have your typical endurance testing. You even get into uh, plunger testing for tire strength. And when you say plunger testing, I mean, is it plunging into the tread, into the sidewall? What is plunger testing? Plunger testing is typically through the tread. Okay. FMVSS gives you the size of the plunger depending on the size of the tire. So a truck tire would actually take a bigger size diameter pin than, of course, a passenger car. And this will give you... Uh, an idea of the strength of that carcass. And is that like from a, like a road hazard type of standpoint, or what, what is that test trying to simulate? The idea behind a road hazard, I think it'll give you an idea of that, but a road hazard's never the same size, right? exactly. Right? So it's really just a, an idea of how much energy that that tread and that carcass will okay. take, basically to quantify the tire. Okay, that makes um, sense. To more mathematically than anything, than, okay. than real world. So. so the first one you mentioned there was the high-speed endurance test. That's Can you right. tell me a little bit about that? Basically, a, a tire is mounted on its nominal size wheel, and it would be set up on a radial position, a 67-inch road wheel, in a uh, 95 to 105 degree uh, chamber, and you would run it at, depending on the tread depth and the class of the tire, then you would run it for so many hours per FMVSS, and then uh, you would get either a pass or a fail at the end of so many hours, and then sometimes we like to go on to failure after that. What is a failure? Uh, failure would be uh, anything from a tread separation to a, a, a blowout, or um, even just tread chunking can okay. be a failure too. Okay. So. And what's the speed that it's running at? Uh, it depends on the tire. Okay. So could it be anywhere in the 80 miles an hour all the way up into the 100 and some? Okay. So, okay. Um, I, I honestly did know that. A lot of truck testing at 100 and some miles an hour. I think the trucks are a little bit lower <laughs> than that. Um, so, uh, you know, there is, a, uh, there is a difference between the deep tread tires and, of course, okay. the high-speed uh, tires. So, and snow tires get tested differently, too. Oh, do they? They do, yeah. So, what, so what's different about that? The snow tires are run at a lower uh, speed also. Okay. So that, that would make sense. You know, snow tires aren't necessarily meant to be driven high speed in the middle of summer. Yeah. So. so are you using the same equipment as the radial testing, the wheel radial testing that we were talking about? You can, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the big difference is, is the, for tire testing, the loads are a little lower, which is fine, but it's, it's the heat, right? You know, you have to be between that 95 and 105. That that's ambient temperature. That's, that's the room temperature. That's right. Yeah, that's the room temperature. Um, and that's where the test needs to start and needs to end. Okay. So, and for wheel testing, we actually like to cool the room. Sure. Because we don't really care about the tires. You want the tire to last. We want the tire to last. That is our goal, yes. Um, so we, we will generally cool the room, save on tires, and, uh, you know, try and get one tire to last. And, and don't you do something test. special as well? Like we, you buff the tread right off, right? Because that reduces right. the temperature. That's right. Yeah, knocking the tread off of the truck tires uh, really helps the, uh, the life of the tire on the, on the wheel test. Well, I mean, typically you're going two to almost three times the rated load of that tire. 
and uh, we will pump up the pressure a little bit. So we'll go 1.2 times uh, the rate of pressure. That helps. But if you get rid of that heat soak, right, that, mm -hmm. that, that tread, all that rubber really holds that, that heat, and, and it will just kill a tire really fast. So Interesting. Oh, okay, so we talked a little bit about the high-speed endurance test. We talked a little bit about the, the, the pin. The plunger. The plunger energy. test, yep. thank you. Yep. And then what was the third one that you mentioned? Well, I think there was high-speed endurance, then normal endurance, you said, right? That's right. High-speed endurance, normal endurance, plunger energy. We also do um, some uh, burst testing, right? Okay. And that can actually be applied to tires and wheels. We take a tire, we will mount it on its nominal wheel. Generally, before we do that, we'll actually, actually we'll measure the wheel. We'll get an inboard bead diameter. We'll get an outboard bead diameter. And uh, to make sure that the wheel is, is okay, falls in spec, we'll end up filling it with water. So we'll hydrostatic burst it because it's a lot safer than filling it up with air. Things get exciting, right, when, right. You're, when yeah. you're into the 300 PSI on a truck tire. Yeah. Um, so, and generally what we do with these is we'll fill them up with water and we'll make sure that they go, you know, a certain times over depending on the customer clients and depending on the spec, uh, some like, you know, three times, uh, some like two and a half times. So, uh, but we also like to measure everything after the burst event happens to make sure that the wheel didn't end up in pieces afterwards, mm -hmm. right? Or that the tire didn't destroy itself a certain way or something like that. So, so that would be a burst test also. Way back in the day, and I'm probably aging myself a little bit here, I, I remember when they did do a test, a burst test with, with air. Oh, mm -hmm. man. And that tire blew. And scared them. And, and the, the wheel went up so high and they couldn't see the wheel anymore. They all ran into the buildings. <laughs> and then it came down, and thankfully it didn't hit anything, but landed in a field nearby. Just have to make that mistake once, and, and then you move to, to a water system. Yes. Now, I think I've also heard of another test, a, a cleat test or something like that? Yeah, we do uh, perform cleat testing or uh, Belgian block testing. Sometimes we refer to it as a uh, you know, rough road simulation, right? So uh, there would be cleats bolted to our 67-inch road wheel, the ones that we typically use for endurance. And it will, for the lack of better words, chew the tire up. It'll beat it up, right? It'll cause different failures that you won't see normally on endurance testing, right? So because there's no events on a, right, right. On a smooth road wheel. So sometimes we'll put four to six events. Sometimes they'll be uh, 90 degrees, or they could be 180. They can be positive 45, negative 45. We can put all different shapes and styles of cleats on there to create uh, a rough road simulation. Okay. So... And this typically happens, we'll actually, sometimes we'll oven age the tires first, and then we can throw them on these, uh, on this rough road to kind of do a very accelerated test. Okay. Um, and, and that kind of really just looking for the tire to stay yeah. together? Mainly, yes. Yeah. And sometimes we'll do uh, hubcap testing on that rough road simulation, too. That makes too. sense. So, because um, chances are it's probably the hubcap's going to stay on on a smooth road, right? Yeah, but when you hit that... comes off there, you got a problem. Right. When you hit that pothole in town, that's when you really want it to stay on. Yeah, things so. start getting interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Another test we do, too, uh, FMVSS-wise, uh, we do uh, some bead unseating. And this is, uh, this is where we take the tire, and we have a, a shoe, and we will actually push on the sidewall of the tire, and we measure at what force uh, that that bead will unseat itself. It's a, it's a pretty neat machine that you do, so you, you actually end up mounting this tire uh, unlubricated after measuring the bead seats and everything, and we will, you'll gather the force that it takes to, uh, you know, like I said, to push the bead off to where you'll, you know, unseat the bead and release all the pressure. 
Oh. And what, what is that trying to simulate? That could be a simulation of you going into uh, a curb, possibly. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's more of a check to make sure that you know the, the bead and overall design of the tire, all of your tolerances and everything are in sync with the tire, okay, right? That makes sense. So you know, because if you had a if your bead's bigger than the nominal diameter that's supposed to be, there's potential that you could, right, unseat a little easier. Oh, would that even be possible unseating for like a hard turn or something like that? There's a possibility. If it's low enough, it's possible. So there is a minimum set standard I was wondering, of okay. pressure. Yep, mm -hmm. and I would say that is uh, probably the theory behind that. Yep. So since most of our listeners are going to be in the maintenance side of the business, they're not really into testing so much. I wanted to take a minute and sort of bring this to what's meaningful to them. We've all been in the business for a while. The whole point of testing is to try to simulate what happens in the field. And uh, there's a, a lot of work that has happened over decades to try to look at the things that happen in the field and recreate those problems in a lab environment. That's why, you know, when, when we start talking about uh, an accelerated test, accelerated speed testing, or mm -hmm. we, we talk about the burst test, or, these yep. are all things that at one point or another were deemed to be an important enough field failure to try to predict it in a test environment. You know, every one of these tests costs money to develop the test machines, to cost money to run this, all the different things that go into it, but they're there for a reason, and this is all about what happens out in the field. And it's all about safety. It's all about Again, safety. Again, we're going back to safety, ensuring that the products that are going out in the field, both from a tire and a wheel standpoint, obviously meet what the customer requires from a performance, but also from a safety over the life of the part. Right. Yep. And so as we walk through these different tests, you know, the reason they're there is because of something that happens out in the field. Doug, you kept bringing up the question, how does this equate to what's going out in the field? This is what this is all about, is trying to predict what's happening out in the field. That's right. Yeah. It was used to solve a problem yep. or a potential problem. And, uh, you know, in the lab environment is you want to be able to duplicate it. As best you can. As best we can. Who knows, 10 years from now even, right? So, yeah. and that's why there are standards. Right. And now, I know that I was at your test lab not too long ago, and you walked me into a very big room with a lot of controls. You want to tell me a little bit about what that test is? That would be uh, one of our newer machines. That'd be a uh, force and moment machine. Okay. The uh, CT Plus. Its main objective is tire testing. And specifically to tire testing, that machine is used for modeling, typically. Oh, okay. It can be used for other things, but I guess deviating a little bit from the safety part is they're, the companies now, OEMs and everything, they're wanting to predict what that tire does before they make a bunch of them. So in this means that they can plug all this information in and make sure that that safety factor and everything else is in play. Okay. Right? So uh, what we do with this machine is <clears throat> we'll get some tires in and we'll run it on there and we'll get all of the forces and moments that this tire creates. And so you're basically running it, through all, you're running it through all kinds of road surfaces and angles and speeds and that exactly. type of thing? Okay. Yeah, so th this machine, it'll go like 300 uh, kilometers per hour. In, in, in this machine, actually, <laughs> quick. It, this machine isn't a drum either. It's a flat surface. So you're getting a more true effect of the tire on a flat surface, not a drum. So there is so uh, the contact patch would be more... More realistic. Yeah. That's right. And that's what they're getting to is, is they're trying to get all these forces and moments that this tire makes on that surface 
so that they can input that data into various programs to help them further develop a tire. So, and you know, th this machine will go. Uh, you can steer uh, positive and negative. Uh, you can put some camber on it too, and you can actually create a driving or a braking event. Uh, with the uh, motor that's hooked to the back of the spindle. So there's a motor on the belt that you can drive. That'll go 300 kPa uh, kilometers per hour. And there's actually a motor on the backside too. And that motor is capable of 6,000 Newton meters. Yes. So we can really, uh, the, the main thing was, was for developing uh, higher performance tires, right? Okay. So, but yeah, that machine is, uh, it's big and it does a lot of things. And it's pretty neat to see the data off of it. Now, is there any other, other types of tire testing that you do or just tire information that you gather? There's, uh, there's other tire information that we can get off of uh, uh, some of our machines there. One specifically would be uh, our spring rate machine. Okay. So we can get uh, the spring rate of KZ, KX, and KY. And uh, basically that's getting your, you know, your spring rate vertically and horizontal to cut more for modeling. Right? So, so, so when, uh, when you say spring rate, it's the spring rate of what? Of the mounted assembly. Of the mount of, of the exactly. entire assembly. Of That's the tire and wheel assembly. That's tire and wheel assembly at a certain PSI. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. You know, I don't know that our listeners are going to know. When you say spring rate in the Z axis, I'm assuming that that is the up and down. Exactly. That, that's the up and down spring rate. And then when you have the Y, how do you measure Y? That, that seems like that'd be a little tricky because measuring the spring rate of something going a, like, it's almost like drifting, isn't it? That's right, yeah. We actually have a plate that's specifically designed for the machine, and we end up pulling that plate out from underneath of it. Okay. And then there's a load cell on that plate to give us those values. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so okay. we can either push it or pull it. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're not only doing destructive testing, you're doing predictive testing. Exactly. So people can put all of this information into their models to develop... Yep. Okay. That's for, cool. For the computer guys. Yeah, the computer yep. guys. CAE. Yeah. yeah. So uh, also on that machine, we do uh, footprints too. And these footprints, uh, you know, can range from simple ink footprints to just get you a, a color, you know, just a plot, just to see what area that takes up. And we can do color footprints too. So these color footprints can uh, range from little passenger car tires. We can get, uh, you know, you can see what the tire does under different pressures, how it changes your footprints, what your ideal footprint could be. And actually, a few weeks ago, I've done a color footprint on an 1,100-wide agricultural tire, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we do a lot of testing like that. Anything that's different or weird, just to get some more information to give to our customers. Okay. And, and when, you, when you say footprint, also known as the tire patch. That's right. Right. And so when we're talking about the tire patch, I mean, I, every time I've talked to a tire guy, it's all about that tire patch. You know, the inflation, er, everything is trying to get that maximum tire patch where the, because yeah. that's, that's what gives yeah. you the, uh, it's, the tire patch is what gives you all the, the ability to stay on that road. Once you lose that tire patch, you're losing adhesion to the road. Right. Yeah. And so, right. Right. And, you know, the big thing with the agricultural guys is, they're really trying to get that footprint pressure down. So they're going... Don't uh, deform th the soil. Exactly. So that's why a lot of the tracks came out. But they're trying to get with these wider base tires to perform similar to tracks. Okay. So okay. to get that footprint pressure as low as possible. All right. You're going to put some tracks on some semi-trucks. There we go. <laughs> I, don't <think> so. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, thank you, Nick. This has been a great discussion. Doug, do you got anything no, more I, you want? I, Unless there's any other testing that you want to share with us about truck testing of any type, but 
Anything else? That's pretty much the standard testing that we've yeah. got in place. Okay, no, yep. that's great. I think this gives our, our listeners, I think, an idea of the fact that we don't just model what's going on. We test to, to predict what's going to go on in the field so that when they get either a tire or a wheel product, they know that it's going to meet the requirements that they expect. Right. It all begins with what happens in the field. Yep. You can't beat reality. The fact is, is that everything starts with what's happening in the field. Nick and the team there at Smithers does a great job trying to model what happens in the field. And then people like us, Alcoa and all the other wheel and tire manufacturers try and model to predict what's going to happen in that test, to predict what's going to happen in the field. And so it's that chain all trying to predict what's going to happen for our customers, how we can make things best, uh, a good product that's going to satisfy our customers. Yeah, very good. Thanks for coming along, Nick. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Mike. And we'll see you uh, next time on Behind the Wheels with Mike Yegley, Doug Mason, and our friend Dave Walters, who missed it today. Thank you. Thank you. Sponsored by Alcoa Wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation, manufacturing, and technology. Inventing the first forged aluminum wheel in 1948, its team of experts continue to develop the most lightweight, efficient, and high-performing commercial vehicle aluminum wheel products. Bringing you revolutionary innovations like Alcoa Durabright wheels, Alcoa Durablack wheels, the new Alcoa wheels hubboard technology, and the lightest truck wheel on the market, Alcoa Ultra One 22.5 by 8.25 wheel. Alcoa wheels, the global leader in aluminum wheel innovation.